0: Hello and welcome to The Story. You are with Julie and this is a podcast where I narrate my books that are part of a fantasy trilogy. This is season three and the final story of a drama and suspense packed series. The book brings to life characters that are easy to identify and fall in love with. It is a story immersed in a plot that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Each episode is a chapter from my book. And I encourage you to join our Facebook group, The Story, where we discuss the book and enable support for writers and lovers of great stories. You can also find me on Instagram, where you can DM me at Jules underscore rights, J-U-L-S underscore rights. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe, where you listen to all your favourite podcasts and join us on a journey of storytelling. Hello and welcome back to the podcast and episode nine, shock. How is your holiday break going for those of you on holidays? I hope you've had some time to do some relaxation and just take a break. And for those who had Christmas, I hope you were able to spend it with family and friends. We had a relaxing holiday and spent it with family. It was really relaxing and I quite enjoyed it. Now, it's also a good time of the year to start thinking about the things you want to achieve in the coming new year. And it's also this time of year that I start doing some deep cleaning and try and get rid of stuff that I don't need. I donate a lot of it to charity and it feels good to know that you're not only getting rid of stuff that you don't need, but that you're also helping someone in need. And I also like to know that it's not going to landfill and it's actually being recycled. Now, I'm also open to suggestions on how we can improve the podcast and uh, what you would like to have discussed on the show. Now, in the past, we've had conversations about mantras and well-being quotes, and currently we're speaking about mysteries. I've also shared the books I'm reading and the ones that are my favorite. And as we speak, I'm reading John Grisham's Rainmaker. You may have seen the film. So far, it seems pretty good. We have an excellent book exchange where I live so it's great that I can change my book within walking distance to my house. Now before we get into today's mystery I thought I'd ask if you've come up with any suggestions for the title of the book we are currently listening to and I'd be more than happy to hear your thoughts so please drop me an email at the story podcast all in one word at live sorry at outlook.com Or you can DM me on Instagram, Jules, J-U-L-S, writes, or come and join the Facebook group, The Story. It would be fantastic. Okay, so today's mystery is about the lost city of Atlantis. Now, I'm not sure if you've heard about the lost city of Atlantis, but it was a city that has been written about by Plato, who was a Greek Greek philosopher in 360 BC. Now, Plato said the city was a utopian island um, kingdom, and according to Plato, the city was made 9,000 years previous to, to his time. It was said to be a beautiful kingdom, and Plato said it was the size of Libya and Asia combined. It was made of concentric of islands separated by large moats that were connected by canals that reached the centre. It was said to be filled with beautiful people and it was rich in minerals and metals like gold and silver and it had exotic wildlife. It was a huge naval power um, and Plato went on to say that there was also a Poseidon temple. Now Poseidon was a Greek god. He also said it was located near the rock of Gilbatra which is located near the entrance of the Mediterranean. Now, legend says that an enormous volcano covered the city because, according to Plato, the people were being punished for being so arrogant. Now, researchers and historians have been trying to find this lost city. Some myths say also that it had a connection to extraterrestrials who arrived from the Lyrian star system. Now, it's up to you what you believe. Some say it's fictional. Others believe it to be true. Now, the lost city of Atlantis is said that it could lay off the Greek islands near South America. And in the mid-19th century, there was a discovery of ancient ruins on the island of Santorini. Now, these ruins were said to predate the um, the Acropolis by a thousand years and it is said that the ruins are both beautiful and artistic. Now there's a theory, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this because it's leading to a theory that some people think the island of Santorini is actually the lost city of Atlantis. Now going back to the ruins, there are also some paintings in the Alfresco area that depict beautiful people um, that were sophisticated and also exotic wildlife. Now, there's also evidence that ashes from an ancient volcano covered the city, which was said to have been plunged, um, which, and this, this volcano was said to have plunged the earth in a two year winter, and that the volcano disappeared under the sea, thus changing the layout of the landmass. Now, Santorini is an island, and according to Plato, the city of Atlantis was swallowed into the sea. And that there has been, and now there's been some investigation which has led to the finding of steps laying under the water. So, could this be part of the lost city? According to Plato, the port of Atlantis lay central and right on top of the volcano before it exploded. So, perhaps these steps are part of that port, which would make Santorini the site of the lost city of Atlantis. So what do you think? Do you believe this could be true? Or is it all a myth, something that Plato made up? He's the only person who's ever written about it. Let me know your thoughts. I would love to hear from you. It is really quite interesting. Okay, let's do a quick recap from our last episode, A Stranger from the Past. Now, this was a pretty drama-packed episode. We heard how Kriya and Merrick intercept Chandra on their way to finding Toran, Now, Chandra explains how she came across the Assaur, who had many children held captive in enormous iron cages. Merrick has reservations about her competency in being a warrior, as she was almost captured by the Asur herself. This leads to her being dismissed from her warrior position. Toran finds a treasure trove of supplies, much to Merrick's delight. Eleanor feels her husband is not always open and honest with her, and is apprehensive about the approaching group of people. Kriya has feelings for Toran, something she feels awkward about. She's never had these feelings before. Both Kriya and Toran come face to face with the approaching mass of humans, and Kriya realizes the man leading them is Axel, Edith's first husband, who was thought to be lost to the Asaur. He brings with him a beautiful exotic woman. The drama is building and I can't wait to jump into this next episode's shock. So get comfy, everyone and enjoy. Eleanor placed the twins in their carry bag after she had fed and changed them. The day was warm and the sun beckoned her to bask in it. She thought she would work in the vegetable garden. The exercise would do her good. In her old village, there had been a river for the people to swim in. However, where she now lived, there was only a creek and no suitable watering hole for her to indulge in the pleasure of swimming. Eleanor knew she had not fully explored the area and that there may be a watering hole hidden somewhere, but she would have to wait for another time to go looking for it. Merrick was still in the kitchen drinking his tea as she went to say goodbye to him. Merrick, I'm going to the vegetable garden and we'll see if Kaya can look after the twins for a little while. She shifted the weight of the carry bag. The girls were getting heavier and she knew the days of carrying this way would end, would soon end. Merrick offered her a smile and ran his tongue over his lips licking the last bit of jam that was clinging to them. ''That is fine, Nori. I have some business to take care of this morning.'' Eleanor returned his smile and set off to her son, daughter-in-law's home. Kaya was happy to see her mother-in-law and ushered her into her home. ''I'm so glad you came this morning, Nori. Ulrich and I have some exciting news to share.'' Eleanor followed the young woman into the kitchen, carefully extracted the carry bag. ''I'll help, mother.'' Ulrich came to her aid as he gently removed the sleeping babies. Thank you, Ulrich. I was wondering if you could take care of them for a couple of hours while I do some gardening in the vegetable patch. We would love to, Kaya exclaimed. Ulrich chuckled. Sure, that would be fine. Happy to give you a break. Eleanor placed the babies in in the large crib that Rory, Kaya's younger brother, had made. Where is Rory? Rory. And what is the news you want to tell me? Eleanor seated herself at the table as Kaya placed a large plate of cookies onto it. Eleanor could not resist and grabbed one, taking a bite before she looked at Kaya, murmuring a thank you. Rory is still sleeping. He was out all night with some other boys and. Kaya paused and threw a quick glance at Ulrich. We're having a baby, Kaya blurted. Oh, praise the gods, Kaya and Ulrich. That's wonderful news. Congratulations. Nor rose from her seat and hugged them both. What are you due? Kaya could not stop smiling. Late autumn, early winter. I've been to see Serenity and that is the date she's given me but she said we'll have no more as time goes by. Eleanor was happy for the young couple but the images of the assault taking children on the last raid still traumatized still traumatized her, and she shuddered. We need to rid the world of the evil that still lurks. She sighed and watched as Ulrich placed his arms around his... Eleanor was thankful he had not inherited Merrick's temper, and he seemed to be a gentler man, hence the reason he struggled with being a warrior. Although he had changed, she knew he would always remain kind. A knock on the door startled them, as Kaya spooned some herbs into the iron kettle. Eleanor heard Ulrich welcome Anja, and she frowned as her mind wondered what the visit could be about. Hello, Nori and Kaya. The older woman embraced both women, giving them a reassuring smile when she noticed their puzzled looks and heard their questioning thoughts. Kaya quickly grabbed another cup, filling it with the iron kettle that she was thankful she had supplies were scarce and they had all benefited from torrens discovery of a vast amount of goods from villages that lay to the east enja sat at the table and glanced down at her sleeping granddaughters they're growing so fast nori even little annie she's almost caught up sister Eleanor beamed yes she is a survivor that is for sure Eleanor almost added that and Ulrich Ulrich would welcome a new addition, but she waited for the young couple to announce the news themselves. Although she had a feeling, Anja would already know. Anja, please, before you tell us the reason for your visit, Oric and I have some news to share. Eleanor could see her daughter-in-law's excitement, and she could not blame her. The first baby was always special. Anja offered Kaya a warm smile and nodded. Ulrich and I are going to be parents. Anja clapped her hands and rose to give Kaya a warm hug before turning to Ulrich and doing the same. She settled herself back in the chair after giving the couple her congratulations and took a sip from her cup. Eleanor watched her and had an uncanny sense that she was going to share some news that would come as a shock. Angela looked at each of the individuals that were seated in front of her. While I was meditating, the gods revealed something to me. She paused as she searched for the words to use in her in making her announcement. Taking a breath, she went on. There's an enormous, enormous procession making their way here. And the man leading them, she paused again. Eleanor frowned, and she felt her heart skip a beat. The man leading them is Axel. Eleanor sat back in her chair as she digested what Anja had just told them. Wait, what? Ulrich shook his head and looked at Anja and then at his mother. Eleanor shrugged her shoulders. She did not know what to say. I know it is hard to comprehend, But it looks as though Axel has returned, or should I say will be returning? And that's not all. Angela directed her gaze at Eleanor. Eleanor swallowed. A strange feeling descended upon her, and she felt butterflies flutter in her stomach. He brings another, who was connected to Merrick's past. Ulrich paced the kitchen floor. It reminded Eleanor of Merrick. When do they arrive? Kaya, who did not seem as perturbed as her husband and mother-in-law, asked. Anja offered her a smile before she answered. They will be, all be here tomorrow evening. They bring a group of 300 souls who have been running from the devil. I think the gods want this to be our grounds for the last battle. They want to gather us all here for the final showdown. Silence followed when Anja said the last few words. Eleanor sighed inwardly. I'm not running again. They'll not take my home or my children. She set her chin and straightened when the thought ran through her mind. She looked at Anja, who was watching her, and Eleanor offered her a smile. Anja, do you need help in organising shelter and food for the incoming group of people? Anja felt her turmoil and understood how Eleanor would be feeling, She had suffered so much with Merrick's infidelity and she knew her son had a temper. Eleanor was a kind, sweet woman and had not deserved Merrick's lack of integrity. Angela was thankful the gods had chosen Eleanor for Merrick as they drew so much from each other. However, the newcomer would stir buried feelings and she felt there would be drama ahead. I'll have to talk with Merrick. He cannot hurt Eleanor again. Although his past unfaithfulness had stemmed from a curse that was placed upon him, Angie knew Eleanor would have her limits, and she could not blame her. I'm going to see serenity, Nori, if you would like to come with me, and we can organise the temporary shelters. I know you were going to the vegetable garden. However, I feel this takes precedence. Eleanor could not help but smile. Of course, Angie would know what her intention was. After she had dropped off the twins, have you told Papa? Eleanor turned and looked at her son, or casting her gaze back at Anja. Anja sighed. Not yet, Ulric, and I'm in two minds to tell Edith. Eleanor recoiled from the mention of Edith's name. This is not only going to affect me, but Edith and Sabin as well. Ulric rubbed his chin before returning his gaze to Anja. We should tell them I mean they have a right to know this is going to affect their lives. Anja smiled at Ulric. No wonder the gods chose him to lead. He was not only empathetic, but he has an inner calm. He brings solace and peace. Chaos surrounds him. Anja nodded. Ulric had provided the answer that she sought. I think I would like you to come with me, Ulric, when I tell him. And Nori too. Kaya, will you be okay with the twins? Kaya smiled and nodded em- emphatically. Of course! That's great. We best be off then. and stood up from her chair and waited for Ulrich and Eleanor to do the same. They made their way first to Serenity's small home that sat at the back of the small village. The medicine woman did not seem surprised by Anja's revelation on who was leading the procession, stating she'd had a strange dream that foretold of Axel's arrival. "'I will arrange some tents and a space for them "'until we can build some new homes. "'I want to come with you when you go to Edith and Sabins.' Serenity did not wait for Ange's response. Instead, she gathered a few things before she placed them in her leather bag. Eleanor smiled. Serenity could be stubborn. They made their way to Edith's home, and Eleanor felt uneasy.' Edith ushered them into her small home. A frown etched on her face. "'What do I owe the pleasure of having you all here?' She turned to face them, when after they had seated themselves at the kitchen table, hands on her hips. Eleanor could not help but smile. Edith did not miss a thing. "'Is Sabin home?' Serenity asked. Edith shook her head. "'No.' He went with Merrick this morning, didn't tell me what they were going to get up to, and I never asked. Her gaze narrowed. It soon became obvious that Edith would not be offering them any refreshments. Her her intuition was on high alert. Edith, can you please sit down? Edith looked at Serenity and folded her arms. Rennie, I don't need to sit down. Just tell me and get it over with. Eleanor looked towards Angela, who exchanged looks with Serenity. Edith, Angie began, Axel is alive and will be here in this village tomorrow evening. They watched the small woman as her face turned from surprise to sadness before paling as she pulled a chair and sat down. She placed her face in her hands. Anja also sat down at the timber table. One of Edith's children burst into the room before Ulrich quickly escorted him out. Edith wiped her face. It was obvious she'd cried silent tears. "'Are you sure? I'm... I mean...' Fresh tears coursed down her face, and she hastily wiped them away. She shook her head and looked out the kitchen window, her face taking on a distant look. "'Well, I don't know what I'm going to do as I'm married to another!' She returned her gaze to Anja, imploring her to give her answers. The new seer reached, and held Edith's hands in her own. I know this has come as a shock. You'll know what to do. Axel is not the same man as you once knew. Edith withdrew her hands and recoiled. Her face took on a look of anger and hurt. A shock? I thought the man was dead. I've married Saban and devoted my life to him and... Edith rose from a chair and glared at Angela. We're trying for a baby. Eleanor could feel her anger and hurt. Why, Anger? Why have the gods cursed me? Not only did they take my sons and husbands. Sorry, first husband. Before I married another who I love. And then they returned my first husband just to muddle and ruin my life. Her anger filled the room and Eleanor did not blame her. Anger knew Edith would respond this way and she had no answers for her. Serenity cast her a quick look while shaking her head. Leave! Edith faced the three women and one man. Her face flushed with rage. I know I'm being rude, so please forgive me, but I need you all to leave. I need time alone. I need to take some time to think. Her tone softened somewhat. Angela nodded and gestured for them to follow as they exited the small timber home made their way to Serenity's home, lost in their thoughts. Eleanor, do you know where Merrick has gone? The question caught Eleanor off guard and she hesitated before she replied. No, he didn't tell me, just that he had business to take care of. Eleanor met Angel's gaze. Angel nodded and offered her a weak smile. Merrick was not always open with his wife. I guess we'll have to find him, Serenity offered. They all agreed. Flamer may know know where he is, Ulrich looked at the three women and shrugged. You are right, son, Eleanor replied. They turned away from the direction they were going and went to where the warriors spent their time in working out and practicing sword fighting. Anja was not sure whether her other son would be there as he was a leader of the reconnaissance party. However, she felt it would be their best chance to find out where his brother would be. Flamer was sparing with, sparring with a young woman and Eleanor instantly recognised her from Kriya's group that she trained. She was pretty and good with the sword. Eleanor knew Flamer had picked her for her looks and the challenge she represented. Flamer motioned for the girl to take a break when he saw his mother enter the yard they were practising in. "'Mother, Nori, Ren and Ulrich!' broke out into a huge grim when he saw his nephew. "'What do I owe the pleasure?' He placed his sword in the belt that wrapped around his waist. The young girl waved and hastily left. Flamer nodded to the girl before returning, his attention to the small group who stood in front of him. Have you seen Merrick? Eleanor did not want to waste time. She needed to speak to her husband. The knowledge that someone from his past was on her way to to her home made her feel uncomfortable. The feeling that things were going to change was hard to shake. Flamer looked at his sister-in-law. Sensed, she seemed agitated, and he wondered what his brother had done to upset his wife. He's with Sabin and Emsi, organising the newcomers that priya brought in. I think he's trying to work out what skills they have and organise them into groups. Flamer offered Eleanor a smile, which she did not return. Dead, she merely nodded and looked away. Thank you, son. There are always things to be done, and we need all the hands we can we can get to help, Andrew interjected. They bid Flamer a quick goodbye and made their way to MC's camp that lay at the rear of their small village. Merrick was in a deep conversation with MC and Saban as they entered the space where MC and his people called home. A few rows of homes sat closely together with a large paddock full of their magnificent horses serving as a backdrop at the end of the dirt laneway. People were busy cooking, cleaning, building, and repairing things that would serve them. As Eleanor let her gaze linger on the horse people, she noticed how similar they looked. Nearly all had pure white hair, were tall, with varying shades of blue eyes, and had skin, colour of honey. Their tunics had a multitude of various patterns, different from the ones that she wore, or had ever seen anyone else wear. It reminded her of the curtains that hung in a house at Nighfill Village, where they sought shelter before crossing Dorhill Pass. She wondered why she'd taken little notice of them until now. She'd lived alongside them in their last valley that hid in the bowels of the pass. Memories of Zuri came to mind, and she pushed them away. The women she now was looking at reminded her of the woman that had made her life a misery. She knew it had never bothered her what they had looked like, but now with the threat of another that had ties to Merrick, it unsettled her. The men paused in their conversation, as Eleanor and the others made their way towards them. Mother, Nori, I and Wren! Merrick smiled and embraced his wife and mother, before shaking his son's hand and giving him a quick embrace. What brings you all here? Emsi and Sabin made their way up to the small group, curiosity beckoning Aye, I, I think we have a fan club Merrick, Sabin chuckled before he too embraced them. Emsi nodded and smiled but remained quiet He had not been the same since they would sent his sister into exile after they found her guilty of injuring Elinor which had nearly cost her life and that of her unborn children Diri had taken sides with the assault following her exile, leading them to the valley which hid Merrick and his people Merrick had fought and killed the woman that he thought he had loved as she went after him in a murderous rage when they battled with the Assault. Although Emsi understood the reason, his sister had been exiled, been killed by her former lover. It had changed him. Sabin, Merrick, we need to talk. And you met her son's gaze. Merrick frowned. Must be serious if mother comes to tell me something herself. The thought crossed his mind as he nodded. It won't take long, Emsie. Merrick will be back within the hour, Andrew told the blonde haired man. I'll finish sorting the men, Merrick. See you in an hour. Emsie turned, not waiting for a response, and made his way back to where they had first seen him. Irritation brushed over Merrick as he watched his friend walk away. There was much to be done, and he knew there would be more work once the new group arrived that Kriya had told him about. She led the way back to her home, and asked Ludwig to serve tea. She knew there was not a lot of time. Not only was the group due to arrive the following evening, but Eleanor would need to get back to her babies. Merrick and Sabin also seemed to be busy. She sighed inwardly as she waited for them all to get comfortable. I have some news to share with you, Sabin and Merrick Hence the reason we came to find you this morning. Eleanor shifted uncomfortably and stole a quick glance at her husband. Merrick was frowning, waiting for his mother to continue. The one who leads the new group to our village is Edith's former husband, Axel, and another who was tied to your past, Merrick. Eleanor felt her heart skip a beat and she cast her eyes at Sabin, who was sitting next to Serenity. Axel? Axel is alive? H- How? I mean... Merrick shook his head and pressed under his breath. A thousand thoughts raced through his mind. I'll be damned. An awkward silence followed. Sabin let out his breath and ran his hands through his curly hair. Aye, this is going to be missy- messy. I mean, I am Edith's husband now. The seriousness in Sabin's tone was unfamiliar. Eleanor noted a hint of hurt. Sabin, I understand how you must feel, and believe me, I am at a loss to what all this means and how it is, it is all to turn out. The gods have spared Axel for a reason, Anja said gently. I'm Edith's husband, Sabin repeated. You are, Anja said carefully. Does Edith know? Anja nodded. Yes, she does. What did she say to ye? Eleanor could see tears in Sabin's eyes, and she felt her heart sink. She needs time to process it. Like you, it has come as a shock. Eleanor went to her friend's side. She was unsure on what to say, and instead of words, she took Sabin's hand. Sabin offered her a smile, but she had nothing to say as he digested what the seer had told him. Eleanor had never seen him like this before, and she struggled not to curse the gods. She felt they were being unfair and cruel. "'Who is this other that is tied to my past?' Merrick clenched his jaw. He, too, was in turmoil. "'I'm not clear who she is, but I feel she played a role in you having a future. Remember, we are family.' And we have been through so much. We are survivors. The gods would not give us challenges they thought we would not overcome. Ludwig came into the room with a large cup and quietly poured the tea. He placed a plate of corn cakes along alongside the rest of the tea in the cast iron kettle and left the room. Aye, if you will all excuse me, I need to t- I need to talk to Edith. My head isn't thinking straight. And just smiled, and they all watched Saban leave. Merrick, you will need to be there for your friend. He will need your support. Merrick nodded and grunted. After a moment, he stood. I need to get back to Emsi. I'm not sure who this woman is, Mother. I guess I'll find out soon enough. Merrick bent and kissed Eleanor on a forehead before he too left the room. The tea and cakes sat untouched. When the men had left, Ulrich went to serve himself some tea before grabbing one of the corn cakes. He loved Ludwig's cooking and always took advantage by making sure he had some of what he had created. Serenity went to join him and both heard the front door open. I think Ada is here to offer her thoughts. Serenity smiled before taking a bite of the corn cake she held in her hand. Ada came into the room with Ludwig behind her. I know who is on their way. There is turmoil ahead, and we must prepare for it. Andrew and Eleanor both had both gotten up from where they were seated, and Eleanor went to embrace her daughter. Is it Axel, and the woman who helped heal Papa? Ada carefully extracted, her, extract, extracted herself. Mother's embrace. Eleanor stiffened when she heard Ada mention Merrick. Don't worry, Mother. She's not like Zuri, but... Ada did not finish her sentence. Eleanor picked up on her daughter's hesitancy. But what, Ada? Ada smiled at her mother and shook her head, and did not elaborate further. Eleanor felt serenity touch her elbow, and she turned to look at the medicine woman. Come and have some tea, Nori, and the corn cakes are delicious. Eleanor glanced back at Ada, and saw she had both taken Anja to one side. Both seemed in a deep conversation. You will like them, missus. I've tried a new recipe. Ludwig grinned at Eleanor. She smiled back at him. Ludwig had severe curvature of the spine. One leg was longer than the other, and his hair on most occasions hid an empty eye socket. For all his physical deformities, his kindness and culinary skills made up for what they lacked. It was hard to dislike him. He was gentle, had a love for horses, welcomed all that came to his home. Eleanor loved him and she quickly brushed away a tear as she reached for one of the corn cakes he had made. Ludwig, you are a very special human. She gave him a quick embrace before taking a bite. So thank you for listening. I appreciate your time and truly am grateful. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe where you listen to all your favourite podcasts. Take care everyone and see you next week on The Story, the podcast where great stories are told. Bye for now.